All right, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to the pod. Um, <laughs> today we are going to talk all NBA teams, all defensive teams, and um, all rookie teams. Uh, next episode I'll do my awards, um, defensive player of the year, etc. Y'all know the awards. I don't need to tell y'all. Um, but first off, before we get into those things, this is probably a shorter episode, honestly. Um, before we get into those things, I want to talk about a couple coaching things going on. First of all, let me look it up first, because there's something going on with the Pacers I coach, and um, I'm not really sure what it is. Nate Bjorken, or something like that, however you say his name. Yeah, Nate Bjorken, because um, he's been in the news recently. Inside turbulent tenure of Pacers Nate Bjorken, because they said he like lost the locker room really early on in his tenure. And shit like that. So I thought that was really interesting. Because the Pacers, like, before all the injuries hit them, the Pacers were doing pretty well. You know? Considering how deep, the, how good the East is this year. And um, how nobody had real high expectations. Especially TJ Warren getting hurt early. They still came out and they were hooping. Um, hmm. Here, let's see what Woj said. One league exec, he's not. <laughs> the quote from so so from one league exec who worked previously with Bjorken, he's not a dick. He's just completely out of his element as a leader. <laughs> he didn't come in relationship building in an easy way from day one. Said one Pacers voice. So he basically just yells at the players. He treats them as if you know, like the college coach style, where he yells at you and he expects you to to follow that. Typically, younger coaches bring a more positive, spirited, encouraging behavior, not an antagonistic approach. Okay. 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 Management of personalities is bigger than the X's and O's part. That's where I gotta keep growing and gotta learn, gotta get better. So yeah, that's something that. Um, I think I talked about on earlier podcasts is that being a head coach isn't so much about the X's and O's of the game. It's more about managing egos and managing minutes and managing guys and letting guys know their role and keeping guys in check throughout the season, you know, because that was something that I think was a problem with the 2019 Celtics. It's it's a problem that we thought we were going to have in Brooklyn. We didn't end up having when there are just too many mouths to feed and and that that falls on the coaching staff partially so yeah i thought that was interesting because i a report came out a couple days ago that was like it's highly likely that they fire him at the end of the year you know so hopefully bjorken gets another chance because he wasn't doing a bad job man but he clearly just needs to learn as a coach and that's fine um the next thing up is going to be scott brooks's comments about russell westbrook and i'm gonna spend time on this because we all know scott brooks is wild for this shit scott brooks first of all is an ass head coach he's garbage i hate him he has he wasted a couple years in okc with a really good big three and so far you know he's he hasn't been that great in um washington now it seems that scott brooks scott brooks's game plan is basically let the good player play, right? In OKC, it was Kevin Durant good, and that was their offensive system. And it seems that this year in Washington, it's Russell Westbrook good, Bradley Beal good, and that's why they're successful. I mean, that's what it was last year, Bradley Beal good, and that's why Brad was averaging, you know, 39, not 39, but like 32 points per game. And this year, like Russell Westbrook's an offensive system in himself. It's a whole offensive system to let Russell Westbrook grab the rebound and run in transition. It's a whole offensive system to let Russell Westbrook run a pick and roll. 
considering how good of a passer he is. So basically, all Scott Brooks does is give the ball to the good player and let them do good. And Scott Brooks said that uh, Russell Westbrook is the second greatest point guard of all time. And I don't even think, I don't even know if Brody's in my, Brody's probably in my top 10. If I were to just list off in no order point guards that are ahead of him, though, it's Magic Johnson, Stephen Curry, Chris Paul, um, Steve Nash, Jason Kidd, John, St- I would have, yeah, I would have, I'm a John Stockton slander god, and I would have John Stockton ahead of him. Who else are other great point guards? I mean, is he greater than Oscar Robertson? Probably, because he's doing what Oscar Robertson used to do, but just better. Um, Jeez, I'm probably forgetting a lot of great point guards, because I'm just trying to remember them off the top of the dome right now. So sorry to any point guards I'm disrespecting, but there there's six for you right there that are just extremely better than Russell Westbrook, and there's definitely more I'm forgetting. Um, So yeah, Scott Brooks wild as hell for that comment. And I don't think it gained a lot of traction on NBA Twitter. I didn't, I, at least I didn't see it gain a lot of traction on my timeline anywhere because everybody knew Scott Brooks was wild for it. No one was like, oh, he has a point here. No, nah, everyone was like, yeah, man, shut the fuck up. You don't know what you're talking about. You just, you know, on Russ's thing right now. And the next thing is uh, Terry Stott rumors. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, Um because I heard this, uh, where did I hear? I think it was on one of Kenny's, it was either Kenny or Rusty's post-game recaps. That was like, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm, exactly. That, I think it was Kenny's where it was like, oh, I don't know who, no, it was Rusty's because there's been, I, I said this in a couple episodes ago where Terry Stotts, especially in Blazers Twitter, is not liked. He think people think that he should be fired. His rotations at times are very weird, and he doesn't have much of an offensive system. Besides, he's just not like Scott Brooks, where his offensive system is: "Hey, we have Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. Let's do that." You know what I'm saying? But Terry Stotts overall has been a coach that, at least from Blazers fans' point of view, has been wanting to be like they have wanted him fired for years now and it seems that rumors are saying that terry stotts is out after this year and that his job is he's pretty much a dead man walking at this point and i think that that is a good thing um because that's one of the problems with the blazers overall i think they need a frank vogel they need a tom thibodeau they need a defensive-minded coach and then they need assistance of surrounding that defensive-minded head coach that can build an offensive system, right? Last year when Luka and his offense were setting you know, new records, it wasn't Rick Carlisle doing that, right? He wasn't setting the offensive system. It was Steve Silas, who's now in Houston, was setting that offensive system. And that's why he got the Houston job. Now, Terry Stotts is an interesting case. Um, Stotts, who sources say has less player support now than he did in past years, has one season left. So it's not looking like they're going to re-up him. They're looking at Jason Kidd, ooh, possibly Nate McMillan, Dave Yeager. Ooh, I don't know about Dave Yeager. Okay. Um, and then Chauncey Billups, too, are a couple candidates that are being rumored. So Jason Kidd, I would understand. But to me, Jason Kidd, Dave Yeager, Jason Kidd and Dave Yeager, to me, are both player development coaches. They're coaches that have shown success with younger rosters. And both of them are not coaches 
I mean, I guess Jason Kidd, yeah, to an extent, because those Milwaukee teams had good defense. But Dave Yeager, you know, those that Kings team that was really good did not have an amazing defensive unit. They just he just utilized his personnel very well, and maybe that's why they're going to hire Dave Yeager. Or they're looking at Dave Yeager because he knows how to use his personnel. I think Nate McMillan would be a phenomenal hire, but if I'm the Hawks, I'm keeping Nate McMillan. You know, he ain't going nowhere. Um, but regardless, looking at the bigger picture for the Blazers, I think that this doesn't really solve the problem. I mean, it, it it solves one of the problems with the Blazers, right? Is that Terry Stotts is kind of incompetent and not very good at his job. But there are still other problems. There's a ceiling on this team as a whole, and it just depends on whether or not what, what is the direction of this team? Do you blow it up after this year? Do you fire Terry Stotts, hire a new coach, and run it back for one more year? Who You know, we'll see. We'll have to see. But this Blazers team, we talk about, or at least I talked about how, you know, Carl Anthony Towns might be that next superstar up for grabs, but it might be Damian Lillard. It really might be Damian Lillard. Depending on how this playoff run, depending on how next season goes, it might be Damian Lillard, man. I would guess it would either be Bradley Beal or Damian Lillard, in my opinion, as of right now. But with that out of the way, let's get to the all-NBA defense and rookie teams. I'm going to start with the rookie, go defense, and then go actually... I'll start with the all-defenses teams because out of the rookie and all-NBA teams and defensive teams, the defensive teams were easiest for me to pick. Now, I'll start with the second team, and this is scuffed as hell. I have three, I have two, I have one guard, two forwards, and two centers on my all-defensive second team, but I felt like I needed to give all these guys shine, so I'll read it off. My all-defensive team starts out with Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Day, oh, hold on. I need to preface this. All of these teams are my opinion. These are not predictions. I mean, these are predictions to an extent, but these are my opinion, and I will argue with you, Will, on Twitter, at ThonSmart, over all of these. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, Bam Adebayo, and Joel Embiid. All defensive team. All defensive second team. Now, Bam Adebayo is here uh, mainly because he has improved greatly this year, both impact-wise and statistically. I wasn't able to squeeze him into my All-NBA team, so I had to give him love here. Call me biased if you want. I'm perfectly fine with that. Joel Embiid is here because he was the MVP frontrunner. At one point, in my opinion, he was the defensive player of the year frontrunner. He since has fallen off because of injuries, etc., it's pretty self-explanatory. I think AD, Kawhi, and Paul George are all expl- self-explanatory too. AD probably would be on my first team All-NBA, but, you know, the injury and I don't know, man. I feel like if Anthony Davis played center, he'd be a lot better of a defender and he would get a lot more nods. Paul George and Kawhi are just probably the two two of the best perimeter defenders in this league and... I, I, I don't think I don't think that's why I did the defensive teams first. I don't think that I need to explain why Paul George and Kawhi are on all defense. Patrick Beverly was a guy I considered, but I don't know, man. Patrick Beverly's defense is suspect at sometimes. But we'll have to that's that's a debate for another day. Now my um all defensive first team start out with Rudy Gobert. Um probably second place for defensive player of the year in my opinion. He is the Jazz's defensive system. He is everything for that team. He is the best defensive big man in the league, in my opinion. Um, next up is Giannis. Um, he's the best help, one of the best help defenders in NBA history, man. Like his his ability to play free safety within the Bucks defensive system got him a defensive player of the year last year, and it, it, it it's truly a gift to watch him play sometimes, man. Because Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are great defenders, and then Giannis just comes in and swats the hell out of your shot. It's amazing to watch. 
Next up is Ben Simmons, the frontrunner for Defensive Player of the Year in my mind. Um, look at me, give him away my awards. But regardless, um, he has played amazing this season, defensively at least. He hasn't been that great offensively. Um, but again, Ben Simmons, I don't think that needs much ex explanation for defensive first team. Next up is uh, 52 mil. He's here. He is, in my opinion, the best defensive, the second best defensive guard in the NBA. Um, he's played another great season, man. It, when he went out, the Celtics really felt it, and you could see it. We played different. We didn't play with as much intensity. And Marcus being on the court just is better for the team. Sometimes he has bonehead plays, and sometimes he does take away from our team. But overall, having him there is just better, you know? And then after um, 52 on first-team all-defense, I have Drew Holiday, in my opinion— the most underrated defender in the league. I believe he's the best defensive guard. You can get testimony from a lot of players in the league telling you that he is the best defensive um, player in the league and the hardest guy to score on. Um, I think, in my opinion, he's third in the race for um, defensive player of the year. I don't think a lot of people are paying attention to him mainly because he's the third option in Milwaukee, but I can tell you because he's on my fantasy team and because I actually love to watch Drew Holiday. I'm a little bit of a Drew Holiday fanboy, so call me biased if you want, but Drew Holiday definitely deserves a first-team all-defensive nod, in my opinion. All right, so next up will be the all-rookie teams, and this one was difficult to do because my personal bias really shined through on this one, and it was it made it hard, right? So second-team all-rookie. Let's start out with second-team all-rookie. Emmanuel quickly had great moments during this season. Overall, has shown great promise. In terms of the, uh, he's just not a top five rookie in my opinion so far this season. He has been a good, a pleasant surprise though. Sadiq Bey, the most lethal shooter out of this draft. He's been amazing. He's been a, a pleasant surprise. I think late first round pick, he has played really, really well for Detroit. And overall, Detroit had a really good draft this year. A really good draft this year. It's been very much so underrated. You know, the, Detroit has something special going on out there. Um... Next up would be James Wiseman. Uh, he he hasn't played a lot of games this year, but I have to give him a second team all rookie nod just because of how good he was when he did play. He was averaging like 11-7 and a block per game. Like he was playing so well, man. And I think if he had more time to allocate into the system and play with Steph, he could have competed for rookie of the year. You know, he could have made a late season push similar to what we're seeing Anthony Edwards do right now. Um, But yeah. And then the last two guys on my second team are rookie. This was difficult for me to do. This was difficult for me to do. My last guard is uh, Peyton Pritchard, man. Peyton Pritchard has come out this season, and he has shocked, I think, everybody. I don't think anybody expected Peyton Pritchard to come out and play as well as he has. I know I didn't when we drafted him. I was like, eh, I don't know how I feel about this draft or this pick because we have a history of picking point guards, Tremont Waters, Carson Edwards, and then them not really panning out, not really getting an opportunity. But Peyton Pritchard's jump shot has been deadly. It seems like Peyton Pritchard only hits and only takes jump shots that are like three feet behind the arc too. This motherfucker hates taking jump shots on the line, bro. <laughs> he will only take jump shots from the hash mark. And I don't mind it. He got a beautiful last stroke. Pause. Pause. Oh my god. <laughs> Pause. But for real, he has he has a really good three point stroke, and it's really fun to watch him because Peyton Pritchard is one of those guys that just should not be good. He you look at him and he's you're like this dude does not belong in the NBA. He's a fucking six two white dude, maybe a buck sixty five, you know, soaking wet with a buzz cut. He should not be hooping in the NBA, but he is. You know, every time I see him and Rob will run a pick and roll, it just makes me so happy. 
So, yeah. And then the last guy, my second team all rookie, is the Paw Patrick Williams. And this was the most difficult one because he was not able to beat out a guy on the first team all rookie. Um, I think Patrick Williams has shown great promise this year, and I think that he has shown almost everything that Bulls fans want to see out of him. He's he's done a lot of what I want to see out of him, and overall he has just shown great promise. He has shown great defensive impact, and he has shown an ability to score. So hopefully if the Bulls can develop him over the years, he's not going to beat Kawhi Leonard. No one is going to beat Kawhi Leonard. His ceiling is obviously Kawhi Leonard, but I don't think he'll ever reach that. I think he'll just be a very, very, like an 18 to 22 point per game scorer on on pretty good efficiency. He's already a really good shooter and he'll be a very good defender. I see him as like a third option on a championship roster. At least as for his realistic ceiling. Next up is first team all rookie. Hey man, my center is Beef Stew. Yes, Beef Stew. That man Beef Stew been killing it lately. Start off the season a little slow. Which is, you know, you expect that out of rookies. Plumlee's still getting as much, if not more, PT than him, which is criminal. But you gave him a bag, so what are you going to do? Beef Stew, though, he has been killing it this year. He is just a defensive monster. And if he can really get that offensive game going, he he already has pretty good offensive promise in terms of lob threat, you know, doing the big man shit. But if he can really, like, if he can get a little bit of a post hook, something like that, Beef Stew going to be a problem. He looks like the center of the future in Detroit, and hopefully he is. Man, he already better than Andre Drummond, too. Fuck out of here. Um, this is the guy. So, Jay Sean Tate is next on first team Rook. And he beat out Patrick Williams for me. I went back and forth on them. But Jay Sean Tate was not expected to do what he's doing right now. Jay Sean Tate has come out and averaged like 13 points per game on pretty good efficiency, considering he was not a highly touted prospect. He was not highly sought after in the draft. I'm pretty sure he was a second round pick. I'm like 99% sure he was a second round pick. And Jay Sean Tate just need, he deserves this recognition because he's been hooping this year in Houston. Him, Kevin Porter Jr., Christian Wood, they've been playing really well. And um hey man, speaking of that, I was talking with my my guy Will on Twitter today about how imagine if like KPJ looks so good. Imagine if they didn't get nothing out of the Harden trade. Like imagine if they got Jared Allen. Because I understand the Karis LeVert thing is different because Karis LeVert would definitely be stunting KPJ's growth. But imagine if they got Jared Allen and they played Christian Wood at his natural position. And then you had Kevin Porter Jr. And then you had Jay Sean Tate. All you need and you had, I mean, Armani Brooks has looked kind of good. But then you could just plug a point guard in there. I mean, guess John Wall, yeah, but he's been injured. You plug a point guard in there and that's a decent enough roster. Regardless, that's a side tangent. Um, Then... In terms of the next guys, um, the next it, see it's hard for rookie of the year ladder for me, and I'm gonna do like top three for each award when I do come out with the award show next episode. Anthony Edwards is next on first team on rookie. Obviously, he had forty last night. He's been hooping as of late, and um, I'll talk more about the Lamelo versus Anthony Edwards thing. I won't release. I won't tell y'all what my opinion is right now. Even though I said it in the PlayStation party and the only people that listen to this are in that party. Regardless. Anyway, Anthony Edwards definitely deserves to be on first team all rookie. So does Reese and so does LaMelo. Like, I don't even need to talk about these guys. The three best rookies out of this class and three guys that look like they have all-star potential out of this draft class. You know, it was weird. It was it was considered, quote-unquote, a three-player draft. And only two of those three players are on first team all rookie. And that third player barely made first team on rookie. There has been so many good rookies. Like, this is going to be a draft we look back on in five years and be like, 
Yeah, this may have you know produced three or four all-stars, but this produced so many good role players and so many good starting caliber players in this league. You know, because Poku's another guy. Poku's a unicorn who has uh, the ceiling that is unimaginable, man. The Rockets, I'm pretty sure the Rockets drafted Poku. Someone drafted Poku and then traded him to the Thunder. And I'm like, why? Why would you do that? And I'm, I don't know if it was the Rockets. If it was the Rockets, they stupid as hell. But let's get to the All-NBA teams. And oh my God, the, my stomach just dropped because I have some controversial opinions here that I know are going to upset some of my friends. But... Let's start with third team All NBA. Um, started off my two guards for third team All NBA: Kyrie Irving and James Harden. They would be higher, but they just haven't played enough this year. I consider Donovan Mitchell. This this the guard position is so deep in the NBA, man. I consider Jalen Brown. Like, it's just it's difficult for me to justify not having these guys on there because although neither of them have played a lot this season, man, when they have played, they've just been killing the game. They have been destroying the game. Like, the stat lines that Kyrie Irving and James Harden have put up when they're playing are ridiculous. And if they if they had played more, they would be on second team, first team all NBA. And then in my forward positions, I have Durant and Zion. Again, Durant's the same story as Kyrie Irving and James Harden, where if he had played more, he would be like second team, first team all NBA. But because he hasn't played as much, I can't have him second team and first team all NBA. Now, this is right off rip. I don't have Anthony Davis on an all NBA team. I don't. And it's not so much that he didn't have a good season or a great season. It's just that I don't, there's nobody ahead of him that I believe he outplayed to a wide enough margin to make up for the fact that he's been out so long. Because the guys ahead of Anthony Davis outside of Kevin Durant and outside of eventually LeBron have been way more healthy than him and have been able to impact winning way more, in my opinion, on his team, on their teams respectively. You know, Durant and AD are kind of in the same situation in terms of games played. AD's definitely played more. I don't, I'm not even looking this up, but AD's definitely played more. But Durant in his sample size has just been so fun to watch. He has been just amazing. And coming back from an Achilles injury, he deserves his third team All-NBA nod. In terms of Zion, I don't know, man. Zion is just dominant. Nobody has been able to stop this kid yet. And we'll see how it translates to playoff basketball eventually. They ain't in the playoffs this year. We'll see how it translates to playoff basketball eventually. But as for right now, Zion's Zion's definitely on my third team All-NBA. I think he deserves it. I think that he has just come out and shown, hey, I'm a bona fide star and I don't even have a jump shot yet. He is mini Giannis, <laughs> you know? If, and if, if Zion can develop a jump shot, which I don't, I don't think he ever will, it's going to be something special. Zion will be something special in this league. Third-team All-NBA center is Rudy Gobert. Pretty self-explanatory. He's leading the best def- one of the best defensive teams in the league. You know, in my opinion, second in um, defensive player of the year voting. Again, he. I wanted to put Bam on a bio here because Bam's like averaging like 20 and 10. He's improved his mid-range jump shots real lethal this year. But defensive gravity in terms of Rudy Gobert is just way too much for me, man. There was a there was a clip. Um, I don't know. I have no clue who the Jazz were playing, but it was a two on one fast. It was either a two on one or a two on two fast break, and one of the players on the other team drove in, saw Rudy Gobert was in the paint, passed it to his teammate. His teammate his teammate shot faked. Rudy Gobert was there, so he kicked it out to the three point line. Like Rudy Gobert single handedly stopped this fast break because players are afraid of that man, and because he is, you know. So, so he's so lethal defensively. 
And I know the drop coverage thing because he's been dropped off in multiple playoff series, so we'll see how the Jazz attack that. But that's more of defensive scheme. Rudy Gobert is not drop coveraging every single time if he's told to switch. You know what I'm saying? That's defensive scheme. I don't know if that's much of Rudy Gobert's problem. It's obviously his problem that he can't defend perimeter guys, but there aren't a lot of centers in this league that can defend perimeter guys. Regardless, third team All-NBA would be Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Zion Williamson, and Rudy Gobert. Second team All-NBA, let me get out my guards right away because this is where the controversy starts. Damian Lillard and Luka Doncic are my second team All-NBA guards. Dame has had an amazing season. He has cooled off as of recently. He's also been dealing with injuries as of recently. I had him as a dark horse for MVP this year, and he was that at one point in the season. He is no longer that. He did, he started off the season rough. He had a really good peak towards the All-Star break, and then he's slowly, you know, not, not been living up to those expectations that I put on him at least. Excuse me. Earlier in the season. Luca, same thing, man. Luca started off the season really rough, and he has improved. Don't get me wrong, man. Watching Luca is so much fun, but in terms of team success, I expected a lot more from this Mavericks team because although I think they're probably still at the five seed right now, they're one loss and a Lakers win, and you know, uh, um, a couple other teams winning away from them being like the fucking eighth seed. The West is so tight that that fifth seed really doesn't mean that much. And I, I, I know Luca's averaging twenty nine ninety nine. But I, I just can't I can't put him over any of the other guards on this list. Oh my god. Before before Will gets on my ass, Julius Randle needs to be mentioned. Hey, we'll, we'll pause for a second. Because I didn't put Julius Randle on third team all NBA. And I don't know if that's right. Julius Randle is my honorable, honorable, like super like if Kevin Durant wasn't like averaging 30. Julius Randle would be in my third team All-NBA, so don't come on my ass, Will. Be, pause. Don't come for my ass because Julius Randle has been hooping this year. I'll tell you right now, he's going to be my most approved player. And, and I might... Okay. All right, no, executive decision. Fuck you, Kevin Durant. You joined the Warriors. Your rings don't mean anything. Julius Randle is my third team All-NBA forward with Zion Williamson. But let's get back to second team all. So so now the the revised third team all NBA is Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Julius Randle, Zion Williamson, and Rudy Gobert. Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant are not on my all NBA teams this year. That's crazy. But second team, my guards are Damian Lillard and Luka Doncic. My forwards are Jason Tatum and LeBron James. Yep, Jason Tatum made second team all NBA for me. Call me a biased Celtics fan if you want. You're fine with that. But Jason Tatum, especially second half of the season, has just been... He's been fucking kids up, man. Tatum has inconsistency issues constantly. But when he is on, he is better than damn near any player in the league. Jason Tatum is a two-way wing that gives you 28 points per game a night on very good efficiency normally. And he loves to catch fire after the All-Star break. It seems like first half of the season, he's kind of just going through the motions. That all-star break hits. After that, he's killing the game. And he has continued to do that. A guy who has given you a 40-piece, a 50-piece, and a 60-piece in like a matter of a month and a half, he gets all NBA nods for me. And then overall, Jason Tatum's impact on the Celtics team is insane. If Jason Tatum is on, we're probably, we're winning that game. You know, if Jason Tatum comes out and has a good game, we are probably winning that game. And I, I I don't know, man. I just want to put Jason Tatum on an All-NBA team. And I think he deserves second team. Now, LeBron, 
it's pretty self-explanatory. It's, it's LeBron fucking James. He's going to make an All-NBA team. His impact on this Lakers squad is insane because AD came back and they weren't really winning. Yeah, they eked out that win against the Nuggets. But overall, LeBron is by far the most valuable player to that Nuggets team. And and the the Lakers... The Lakers' fate in the playoffs depends on LeBron's health and depends on LeBron's ability to come back, right? Which is kind of the same thing that's a little bit redundant, but you know what I mean. And the fact of like how LeBron plays and if LeBron's able to stay healthy dictates the Lakers' whole season. If LeBron goes down, the season's over. If AD goes down, the season's probably over, but it's still LeBron fucking James. So we'll have to see. And then my second team All-NBA center is Joel Embiid. Um... Pretty self-explanatory. I don't think he's been the best center this year. I think if he had stayed healthy, he would have been the best center this year. But you can't control that. It's always going to be Embiid's Achilles heel is that he won't stay. He can't stay healthy. It's not that he won't stay healthy. He literally just can't stay healthy. But yeah. So in review, my second team All-NBA is Damian Lillard, Luka Doncic, Jason Tatum, LeBron James, and Joel Embiid. All-NBA first team. The five best players this season, in my opinion. Not the five best players, that's cap, but the best players at their positions this year. Stephen Curry, CP3, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Nikola Jokic. Steph Curry and Nikola Jokic, I'm not even going to explain it to him. In my opinion, the top two MVP candidates, um, the two guys that have just come out this year and been like on their shit every si- almost every single night. You know, man, just watch as Steph Curry play. It's, just, it's a gift. It's truly a gift. And I would encourage you that if you're not watching Steph play, to do it. Because we may never see this version of Steph where it's just him and scrubs. Like, any every single night I'm watching the Warriors. Every single night I'm watching the Warriors, man. Because it's just a gift. I want to be able to tell my kid one day that I watched Steph Curry, you know. I was able to watch the greatest shooter of all time. So do that. Do that so you can tell your kid that. Um, Yoke's just the same way. Yoke's is just... A gift to watch, man. He's just a gift to watch. And 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 to have a center out here averaging, you know, what, 26, 11, and 9 is unprecedented. He's the greatest passing big man of all time, like, by far. He is the probably... No, I think Giannis still is the greatest overseas player of all time. Am I forgetting anybody? Am I forgetting anybody that's, like, really fucking good that was, like, a champion and an MVP that came from overseas? I guess Dirk. I guess Derek would be the greatest right now. Giannis, if he gets a title. But Jokic is up in there too. Jokic is definitely going to be the best second-round pick of all time when he wins MVP this year. Like, regardless, the fucking Manu Ginobili or Draymond Green. Like, it's Jokic. And watching him is another guy that's just... He just sees things that... I mean, Jokic is on the court, so he I have a better perspective than him. And he sees shit that I don't even see. You know, I'm able to see the entire court. He can't. And he sees shit that I don't see. It's 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 wildly impressive to watch him every night. You know, you a big man should not be doing the things that he's doing. He's truly a unicorn. And it's just... It's such a blessing to watch him play. And it's such a privilege. Uh, CP3, probably the most controversial one. Having him here over Luka... CP3 to me is like a top five MVP candidate. I don't know exactly where I would peg him. But his impact this year in Phoenix is crazy. And I'll get into this next episode when I do coach of the year. But I think that Chris Paul's impact on winning in Phoenix and impact on the culture shift in Phoenix has been immense. I think without Chris Paul on this team, they're still like a seven or an eight seed. Yeah, but they are just they're just not a championship contender, which is what they are right now. You know, Chris Paul down the stretches of games has consistently closed out for this Suns team and has consistently made the right plays. 
you know, Chris Paul is never is probably not going to make a bonehead play. He's probably not going to make a bonehead play. You know, you're more likely to see like I don't know, some what's some crazy shit? What is some absolute wild shit that you would see? You're more likely to see Giannis hit like five threes in a row than you are to see Chris Paul make a bonehead play. There was one point in the season where Chris Paul had like 44 assists to like one turnover over like a five game span. And it was crazy. He's just so, he's so good at this age, man. And he's on my first team all NBA over Doncic because yes, statistically he's not having a great season. But in terms of closing games out, in terms of sheer dominance of his team, and in terms of raising expectations because i expected the suns team with chris paul to be like a five or a six seed maybe a four seed i did not expect them to have damn near the best record in the nba that's crazy i don't think i think we take that for granted it's chris paul devin booker and a bunch of young role players and somehow this team is is one of the best teams in the league you know somehow this team is (laughs) At the end of the day, this team's arguably the best team in the league. And there's no clear-cut superstar on this team. And I think that that is hugely impacted by Chris Paul. Kawhi, Kawhi early in the season was one of my MVP candidates. Um, overall, he's just had a really quiet season. I think the Clippers have had a quiet season, and that's good for them. I've talked about that before, that not having the pressure on them is going to allow them to thrive in the playoffs, in my opinion. But Kawhi Leonard has just been amazing this year. He's been like 28-6-6 on really good efficiency, clamping up the best guy on the court. You know, just the Kawhi Leonard shit. He's been healthy this year. You know, he's obviously had his load management, but his impact on winning for the Clippers has been immense. And watching watching Kawhi play, granted, I haven't watched a lot of Clippers games this year. Um, He just has that flip he switches, and he has taken over the game, you know? And, and I... I, I I think I would have had... I, he definitely wouldn't have been first-team All-NBA if LeBron hadn't gotten hurt, if um, AD wasn't hurt, and if Durant wasn't hurt. He definitely wouldn't be here. But given how good he's played this year and given the circumstances of this season, he's he has to be a uh, first-team nod for me. And Giannis, um, if the Bucks won more games this year, Giannis would win another MVP, in my opinion. You know, if the Bucks were had the best record in the league, he would have won a third-straight MVP. He's been putting up really good numbers. And I know this sounds counterintuitive, but Giannis being injured this year might be a good thing. Giannis being injured this year might be a good thing because he's getting more rest. He is getting to chill out a little bit more. And I know Mike Budenholzer isn't big on playing players big minutes, which is cringe as hell. But I think Giannis will perform a lot better in the playoffs. I think Giannis has a fire lit under his ass this year. And and uh, he's just been so dominant this year, man. He's been so dominant this year. And I... I I don't know. I, I he's left me speechless a lot this year. Like Steph and Steph Jokic and Giannis are probably the three guys that have left me speechless the most this year. Where I'm physically watching them and they do some shit and I'm like, what in the hell was that? And I have no words. I have no words. But yeah, so to round out um first team all NBA, that's Steph Curry, Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nikola Jokic. To read through everything again. Second team all defense, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, Bam Adebayo, Joel Embiid. First team all defense is Drew Holiday, 52 mil, Ben Simmons, Giannis, and Rudy Gobert. Second team all rookie is Emmanuel Quickly, Patrick Williams, Sadiq Bey, James Wiseman, and Peyton Pritchard. First team all rookie is LaMelo Ball, Tyrese Halliburton, Anthony Edwards, Jay Sean Tate, and Big um, Beef Stew. 
excuse me, All-NBA third team is Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Julius Randle, Zion Williamson, and Rudy Gobert. All-NBA second team is Damian Lillard, Luka Doncic, Jason Tatum, LeBron James, and Joel Embiid. And then All-NBA first team is Steph Curry, CP3, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis, and Jokic. Now, before we go, because this actually turned out to be a very long episode, I would like to talk about and go retrospective on my All-NBA teams from earlier this year. So my predicted All-NBA teams, this was episode 13. So Brad Stevens, All-NBA prediction, Hornets are everything the Kings are supposed to be, Jazz slowing down, Pelicans problem. So this was probably mid-season. Yo versus Barrett. Kyrie Irving loves the fuck up. So, so this was probably around Christmas that I predicted these teams. So my predicted first team All-NBA was Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, LeBron James, Giannis, and Embiid. So out of that, I got... One, two, correct. My second team All-NBA were Chris Paul, Luka Doncic, Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard, and Nikola Jokic. So I got one right. I, I Yeah, Jimmy Butler didn't even make my list. Third team All-NBA were Harden, Kyrie, Ben Simmons, Tatum, and Rudy Gobert. So based on my predictions, out of 15 possible correct answers, I got five of them on the correct team. Now in terms of players that I guessed correctly... Or not guessed correctly, but predicted that I would have later in the season. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, thirteen. So, thirteen out of the fifteen guys that I predicted in about January ended up on my list today. But only four of those thirteen guys were on the same exact team that I predicted them earlier in the year. So there you go. Shit changes over the course of a year, and opinions change. An outlook change changes. You know, Julius Randle was not on this on this All NBA list. Damn, at the beginning of this podcast, but I realize my faults. So, if you enjoyed it, um, make sure to leave a like, rate it five stars, whatever. Uh, tweet at me at the Three D Podcast if you want to hear anything, hear me talk about anything. Next episode will involve awards, as along with you know catching up around the league, etc. Probably talking about more the playing tournament um, as we approach. There's like ten regular season games left about. And I know that I'll probably be catching some flack on Twitter for this episode, and that's perfectly okay. So thank you so much for listening. Peace.